Welcome to Deeper Walks on the Trail podcast. You are on the trail with father-daughter duo Marcus and Stephanie Warner. I'm Stephanie, and I'll be talking with my father, Dr. Marcus Warner, as we discuss topics that help you stay on the trail to a deeper walk with God. Episode 45, we are continuing to unpack the five main areas the devil claims a right to be in our lives. Today, we're looking specifically at lies we believe. Hello, father. Hello, daughter. Good to be back together. Always, and also, happy almost book birthday. (laughs) That's true. The Four Habits of Joy-Filled People releases tomorrow, May 2nd. I love that you and Chris are concluding the Four Habits trilogy with a book for all people. Tell us what your hope for is for this book. So I'm hoping this is a kind of book that you can hand to anybody, Christian or non-Christian, who needs encouragement, right? This is a a book really on emotional resilience. It packs in uh, everything we've learned, right, from Thrive Today and from Deeper Walk about uh, the neuroscience of helping people. It's it's really packed, little tiny little book. Um, And uh, so I'm hoping it'll be uh, you know, an encouragement to people and also something that folks could use in their churches as like evangelistic small group materials or for their personal life. It's It's got a bunch of 15-minute exercises in it that Chris Corsi designed to uh, help us all grow our capacity for joy. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it'll uh, help churches and, and individuals. Oh, I'm so excited for people to get their hands on this book. So we have three ways that you all can celebrate this book release and build joy together. First, the obvious, The Four Habits of Joy-Filled People is on sale now, and we encourage you to pick up a copy. We also invite you to join Chris and Dad on May 2nd for the free release webinar, where they'll be talking more about the new book. Um, And if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, well, it's past May 2nd and I've missed it, you can still sign up for the recordings. So that is available. And then thirdly, it's never too late to grow your capacity to feel joy because your brain has the capacity to grow joy as long as you live. And it only takes 28 days to form a new habit. So Chris Corsi's ministry, Thrive Today, and ours, Deeper Walk, have partnered to put together a 28-day joy challenge for you. You can sign up for free at fourhabits.org. That's the numeral four, fourhabits.org. When you sign up, you'll receive an intro email and then 28 days of simple joy exercises you can do, as well as some printable calendars you can use for a physical reminder about each day's exercise. So again, you can find that at fourhabits.org. We're really excited about it. We hope you will join the challenge. All right, my father, let's uh, let, let's keep unpacking your acrostic soul, S-O-U-L-L. This acrostic spells out five common ways people surrender ground to the enemy. We're walking through how to recognize these areas and how to reclaim that surrendered ground. So we are on to the first of the two L's. (laughs) So the first L is lies we believe. First question. Um, It is certainly not nice to believe a lie. We We don't like that. But how can believing a lie give ground to the enemy? Yeah, it's a fair question. You know, there's a lot of people who write about lies, you know, lies leaders believe, lies women believe, lies, you know, so-and-so believes. There's a lot of books out there about the uh, just the negative impact of believing lies in our lives. What we're focusing on here is the warfare element of believing lies. And since the devil is the father of lies, what that implies is that if you are believing a lie at the source, at some level, 
is this father of lies and it's the devil. And so whenever we believe a lie, we're putting ourselves in the devil's turf. We're in his realm of operations. Uh, to be even more specific, when uh, when we agree with uh, the devil's lies, we're essentially shaking hands with him and saying, you're right and God is wrong. And so that's entering into an agreement with the enemy. If I enter into an agreement with the devil, right, I shake hands with him saying, you're right, I'm going to believe what you're telling me, not what God is telling me, then I am now giving him permission to a place in my life. And that's where it becomes spiritual warfare. So how does this manifest? Like, how do people know that they're dealing with a lie they're believing? So there are uh, really two two main kinds of lies that I run into. Uh, one is what I would call uh, the illusionist, and the other is the bold lie. So the illusionist lie is this idea that, um, you know, if I go to a, a see a magician perform, uh, they are going to do an illusion. What they're going to do is it's really a, a, a misdirection. They show me things that are true. I see like, you know, the famous one where they cut a girl in half. This girl gets in the box. The guy saws the box in two. He separates the box and there's, you know, legs sticking out of one and a head sticking out of the other. And everything I see is true, right? That is, you know, there's legs there. There's a head there. The box was separated. I saw all these things. And so what happens is they're counting on me putting, uh, just looking at all these true things, but directing me away from other true things that would change my impression of what was going on. And so I'm deceived because everything I'm thinking about is true, but it is leading me to a lie. Mm -hmm. So for example, classic illusionist thing is uh, lies about myself, where I say, I have failed. I let that person down. I harmed them. You know, I did something bad. I have, you know, disappointed people. All those things are true. And so if I put only those things together, I come up to a conclusion. And the conclusion is, I'm a bad person, right? Nobody would love me who really knew me. I, sh I need to make sure that I hide who I really am from other people. So I get these lies come, but I don't recognize them as lies because it is the logical conclusion of all of the things I'm thinking and the things I'm thinking are actually true. And so just like the illusionist who leads us away from some true things that would change our whole perspective, that's the way the, uh, the devil lies to us in, in that regard. This also works with our view of God. And that is, it can be true, right? That God did not keep a bad thing from happening to me. It can be true that I tried to cry out to God for comfort and I couldn't find him and he felt distant. It can be true that, you know, when I needed him most, I couldn't find him. And so I'm thinking about all these true things and it's leading up to one big line that is God doesn't care, God's cruel, God's distant. And so I, I don't necessarily recognize that I'm deceiving myself or that I've bought into a deception because the primary things going through my head are true. And so in that way, it's like an illusionist. So, so we pop in there and then I could talk about the bold lies here, but I didn't know if you had anything. To yeah. <laughs> well, I, I guess the, the follow-up to that would be, what do you do to recognize the other true things that are being hidden from you? Like, how do you combat that? So one of the ways that you're, you start is, is that you're looking at for the fruit of the Spirit in your life. And so you're asking yourself, are the thoughts that are running through my head promoting love, joy, peace, patience, right, gentleness, self-control, all these things, fruits of the Spirit? Or am I having a struggle? Am I feeling depressed? Am I feeling angry? Am I feeling 
if I have no internal desire to connect with God, if I'm feeling you know, like hiding from people, if I'm feeling shame, then I want to go underneath there and take a look at, well, what are the beliefs that are driving the way that I'm feeling right now? What are the beliefs that are sucking that energy for wanting to get close to God? So I, I look for the symptoms or the fruit. And if that fruit is not the fruit of the Spirit, then there's a very good chance that underneath there, there are going to be misbeliefs, right? Be- beliefs mm-hmm. that are not in uh, coming, that are coming from the enemy to sabotage my walk with God. That, that makes a lot of sense and makes me think of, of a discussion about strongholds, which we can circle back to because I want to talk about WLVS here in just a bit. But let's let's go back to bold lies first. Yeah, so a bold lie is, you know, somebody always says the biggest lie is the best lie, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, which is this idea that just come right out and say, Satan's the good guy, God's the bad guy, right? You know, that's a bold lie. Somebody coming out and saying, well... You know, you're just an idiot when you're actually quite intelligent. You know, you're just smart in a different way maybe than they are. You know, in other words, somebody tells you a bold lie. Somebody will call you a name. And uh, and because it's a bold lie, we can buy into those too. So that's just a completely different thing. Uh, but both of them function like what I would call like an internal propaganda engine. Hmm. And just like you can't have warfare without propaganda, the the devil doesn't engage in war against us without a lot of propaganda. And his primary focus there is the lies he gets us to believe about ourselves and the lies he gets us to believe about God. So bold lies are a a form of propaganda, and he'll sometimes get us to try to believe bold lies about God or bold lies about ourselves especially. So you you talk about propaganda, which makes me think of things that the world does. So how is the world involved in the lie process? Is it just, you know, internal with me and with the devil or does the world factor in there? Yeah. So when I think about the world, there's two kind of things that come to my mind on that. One is, you know, in First John, the apostle says, do not love the world. And the way that always struck me was if you picture the world, in my case, like a guy, picture the world as, as, as a woman or like a seductive woman, say from the book of Proverbs, the woman folly, who's trying to seduce you. And uh, and I picture the, the world as the devil's mistress. And she is seductive and trying to get you to cross a line that you shouldn't cross, and is promising you something good if you'll just cross the line. And so what happens is the devil uses the world to lie to us. So in this sense, the world is the devil's marketing agency. <laughs> it's like the big billboards that he puts out there. It's it's all the things that the devil does to try to get us to look at life his way or to look at life in some some way that causes distortion so that we do things that we wouldn't normally do. And so that's why when, like in First John, so when it says, do not love the world, I think of it that way. It's like, don't let yourself get sucked in by folly. Don't let yourself get sucked in by the seduction or the enticement of, of what the world is selling, because uh, it's, it's going to ruin your life. It's not going to leave you to the good life. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, we've talked about the wounds, lies, vows, strongholds model before, but as my professors love to say, rep- repetition is one of the keys to learning. So will you walk us through the WLVS model here of... Um, yeah, and yeah. It, it connects and it brings all these things together also, because you have the world wounds us, 
the devil lies to us, our flesh makes vows. So you got the world, the devil, the flesh. So the idea is that in this fallen world, we all get wounded. And it's not the size of the wound that determines how much impact this has on us. It's really, it's the power of the lie that determines how much impact our wounds have on us. Sometimes we fall into this trap of comparing our wounds with other people like, well, that person's so wounded, I have virtually no wounds compared to them. So since I'm not as wounded as they are, I have no excuses. I shouldn't have a problem. But that's not the issue. We all get wounded and all it takes is a little bit of a, like a hole in our heart. And it's just big enough for a seed to get planted in there. And that seed of deception, the seed of the enemy's lies gets into that little place in my heart. And now it starts to grow right now. It starts to build something out. And so the, the power is, is in the lie. And then when that lie takes root, it, as my flesh now believes it to be true, I stop trusting God. Uh, because that's what the devil wants to do with his lies. He wants to get us to not trust God and to take control of life for ourselves. And uh, that puts him in the devil's in, in, in the role of entering into an agreement with the devil. So the, the world wounds us, the devil gets his lies in there. If we believe them, we start making vows about how we're going to live. And an agreement with the devil is part of that vow. I'm going to do this the devil's way. I may not put it in those words, but that's functionally what I'm doing. And the result of all of this is something begins to grow in my life. It may have started out small, but it begins to grow and it turns into like this vine that is growing and wrapping itself around the good things that God is doing. And it creates a different kind of fruit. So I sometimes picture it this way. It's like God has planted a tree in my heart that is growing and good fruit is coming off of what God has planted in my heart. But the devil has wrapped this vine around that tree. And so now I got this mixed fruit. It can be very confusing to people. I've even had uh, talked to people who questioned whether they were even saved because they're like, how can I be saved and have so much struggle with this emotion or so much struggle with this behavior? And they don't understand that they do have the good fruit that comes from the spirit. They just have this vine that's wrapping itself around the tree. Well, the good news is the vine can be gotten rid of, right? We can get healing for the wound. We can replace the lies. We can get rid of the devil. And uh, when we do those things, we can get rid of that vine and and restore to just what the Spirit is trying to do in our lives. So Amen. That's a little more complicated, but that's the uh, the gist of it. But there is so much hope to follow up on that. Like, So once you've recognized the lie, how do you deal with it and take that ground back away from the enemy? How do we, how do we dismantle that vine? So the simplest level, we replace our thoughts. All right. So I love how Carl Payne explained this. First time I heard it, I just laughed because it's like <laughs> right on the the money. But he said, if I'm having trouble, you know, thinking about pink elephants with green booties and giant sunglasses, it doesn't do me any good to say, stop it. You know, you know, stop thinking about pink elephants with giant sunglasses and green booties. Right. That doesn't do any good. You've got to replace the thought. So he said, picture a an iceberg floating in the North Atlantic with polar bears on it and the polar bears are waltzing. And let's think about polar bears waltzing on an iceberg in the North Atlantic. You know, and, and the more we do that, all of a sudden realize I'm not thinking about pink elephants with green booties and giant sunglasses anymore. Right. So you get the idea. You got to replace your thoughts where spiritual warfare factors in here is when I can't do that. Right. <laughs> if, if I can't just replace my thoughts and, and focus on something else, it probably is a sign that I have a stronghold and that there's something deeper going on. 
So in one of my books, and I honestly don't remember which one right now, <laughs> it's, I, I uh, talked about uh, the difference between beliefs that just kind of pass through our mind, a fleeting thought, a uh, tapes that we have, and in voices that we interact with. And so all of us, you all have a attempting thought come to us now and then. And that's like lift up the shield of faith, quench the fiery dart coming your way. You know, that's that's the moment of temptation kind of battle. But then there's tapes that we have. And by tapes, we mean these recurring things that we have to deal with over and over and over again that are like, why do I always seem to have this same battle in my life? And then the third level is voices. And a voice becomes a voice because it will talk back to you. Right. You can have a conversation with it. It'll, it'll, you know, you'll try to tell it to leave and it'll just laugh at you. The the devil can be involved in all three of those things. He can be involved in sending out the tempting thought. He can be the one who kind of got that tape going in our head. And then if it gets to the point where I can have a conversation with it, that's like a uh, a sign of demonization as well. And so I, I start by replacing the thoughts. I start by you know resisting the temptation, and then I'm replacing the thoughts. And then eventually I get to the point where I have to do that CCC pattern that we've talked about so many times. In this case, it's I confess that I believed a lie, even if I'm not sure what the lie is. Like I confess I believe the lie, and there's a lot of them, right? I cancel the permission that's given to the enemy, and I ask you, Jesus, to cancel any permission that's given to the courtroom of heaven. And now I command whatever demon has been taking advantage of these lies, have been assigned to tell me these lies, I command you to leave in Jesus' name. I commit my mind to the truth, and I ask you, God, to show me what is the truth you want me to replace these thoughts with. And so sometimes I've got to go through that CCC process of confess, cancel, command, and then I can ask the Spirit of God to help me give a thought that will replace the other thought and gets me back into um, setting my mind on what is true. Mm, that's really good. Do you do you want to go as deep as dealing with voices and things here or um Well, kind of did. So it's like yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like if we yeah. I don't have a lot more to say about that. It's like if I've got voices in my head, there's one of three things going on. I got something schizophrenic going on. I've got something dissociative going on or I've got something demonic or mm-hmm. I guess some combination of those right? That's the way I look at it. Now, I may be missing something, but those are the three categories. That's helpful to address because I think we, I, we've we probably talked about that before, but I don't know on the podcast. Yeah, I, don't, I know you and I have talked about it. I can't remember if we did it on the podcast or not. So Sure. <laughs> Very good. Well, how about how about a couple uh, tools for people? Like, I don't know, I'm thinking about the, the T-bar chart that you'll do or I don't know, some listening prayer or do you have any any strategies for people um, to be on guard for lies that they they might already believe or that the devil is currently trying to get them to believe? So, you know, the, the T-bar chart you mentioned, uh, the tool there is if I find myself routinely struggling with depression or routinely struggling with anxiety or shame or some other emotion, it can be helpful to make a T-bar chart about that emotion. And on one side of the uh, the chart, there's like a column on the left. And then this column on the left, you ask God, help me to recall the beliefs that run through my head when I feel this emotion. Kind of like, it never works for me, right? It works for other people, but not me. 
I have a history of this. Nothing is ever going to change. And all of a sudden I realize I'm telling myself a lot of things whenever I feel depressed. I'm feeling like it's hopeless. It's not going to work for me. It's hopeless because I never get this right. It's hopeless, you know, whatever it is. But I, I, I start writing down and some, there might be as few as one lie, but I find generally there's about three. And sometimes there's a lot more if this has been going on for a long time. And so you write down, what are these beliefs that are very commonly present when I feel that emotion? So that's kind of a column, the left-hand column of the T-bar. The right-hand column of the T-bar chart is where I now am going to replace that. So whenever I find myself thinking that thought, I now recognize it going, oh, that's that familiar thought that I have. And I am training myself now. And when I recognize that I'm thinking that thought, I need to replace it with this new one. And this new thought will be, God loves me and he knows my weakness and he loves me despite my weakness. Just a reminder that this is actually a call to go find Jesus right now and know that he wants to be with me right now. So for me, that's usually one of the first ones. It's just as if I hear that first lie, it's a reminder to me, that is a signal that I need to go find Jesus right now, not a signal that I need to go beat myself up for a while. And so you you have to find replacement thoughts and replacement strategies, and you put those in the right-hand column. So that's kind of the T-BART chart. We do have a lot of these uh, tools and various resources that we offer mm-hmm. uh, that are explained there. So I could give more, but that's a, like one big one. Yeah, no, I think that's a really, a really helpful one. I was just thinking about the fact that um, so often when you discover a lie that you are believing, it's usually a two-part lie, a lie about yourself and a lie about God. And do you need to dig into both sides of that every time or like look for it? Or is it just what God prompts or? You know, you start with what God is prompting, but it's not a bad exercise to, if you find that you are believing a lie about God, it's not a bad exercise to say, God, am I also believing a lie about myself? Because lies about God and lies about ourselves tend to be flip sides of the same coin. So like when the devil shoots an arrow at me and it <laughs> wounds my heart, it's like he shoots it through this coin. Well, it's going to puncture a hole on both sides of the coin. And so it's going to have an impact on how I see God and an impact on how I see myself. So if I do find that I've got a lie in one of those areas, chances are super high that I'm going to have a lie in one of the other ones too. So it's worth looking into. Thanks. So we are coming up to the end of this episode. Next week, we'll continue working through the soul acrostic with a look at how the things in our lineage can give ground to the enemy. But for now, any final thoughts, Father, on on the lies we believe? Well, you know, I have a couple thoughts. One of them is then that I used to think that all of our problems boiled down to lies. And I think that was, you know, just my Western thinking. Like if we just got, just get rid of the lie, everything will take care of itself. I'm now realizing that lies are one of the engines that affect our emotions. Um, Attachment also affects our emotions. Um, Our body can affect our emotions. If I'm not, you know, getting enough sleep, I'm not eating well if I'm sick, if there's something not functioning correctly. So it helps me to realize that if I have dealt with the beliefs as much as I can, but it's still having issues with things, I might need to look at one of these other engines. Is it my body? Is it my attachment? Is there, I need to do something about you know moving out of my distracted or dismissive state into a healthier joy-bonded state? And so I find for myself that these things are rarely just one or the other. They're usually some combination. But uh, for right now, you know, the the battle for the mind is a big one. And uh, I don't want to make the problem bigger by saying, hey, you've also got to deal with this and this and this. But 
Um, for those who've been dealing with the battle for the mind for a long time, I just want to let you know that if you're still struggling, it could be that there's some other things going on as well and that addressing those might be helpful. Here's my second thought. <laughs> battle <laughs> for the mind brings together the Holy Spirit and spiritual warfare and our physical brain in a really powerful way. And that is the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, the devil's the father of lies. My brain, you know, is a thinking engine. So all of this stuff comes together when we start talking about winning this battle for our minds and getting our beliefs in sync with God's spirit instead of the uh, wicked spirits that want to take us into captivity. Thank you. Yes, I I, I know we, this is a topic we will continue coming back to again and again because it is um, very interwoven in, in so many areas. So thank you for a good conversation, my father. And thank you all for joining us on the trail today. Deeper Walk International is a nonprofit organization, and we partner with people like you in order to do what we do. Some are on the trail with us as official trailblazers who commit to donating $25 or more per month. We invite you to consider becoming a trailblazer. You can do this very simply by visiting our website, deeperwalkinternational.org trailblazers. If you want to keep going deeper with us on your walk with God, please subscribe to the On the Trail podcast, leave a review and share with your friends. Thanks again. We'll see you back next week.